Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval and check out my podcast Conversations with Unc on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What is going on, sucky daters? Uh, Welcome to an all-new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. And praise the Lord, Jared is back recording with us today. And Jared, let me say, I speak for all of us when I say you were missed last week. You know, it feels back. good. feels good to be back. I had a week off. I got, you know, refreshed. I'm ready to go. Bring it this this week. There's a lot of news. Obviously, Colton's the biggest news. But uh, last week I missed because Ash and I went to Phoenix, Arizona. It was our first in-person event pretty much since the pandemic started. And it felt good. It felt good to be around people. Now, granted, there was social distancing in place and we had to wear masks, but it was nice. It was it was there. You know, they had like this conference outside. and It was the first time we were traveling to do something. It was quite weird, but uh, it was cool. It was nice. Plus, it was like 90 and sunny. So it was pretty awesome. And now we're back in Rhode Island and it's like 41 and it's snowing currently in April, which is quite weird, you know. Weather. Jared, how much did you get paid to go to Phoenix, Arizona? You joking? What? You want me to tell this on air? Are you out of your mind? It wasn't. It's not like <laughs> I'm, just, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Let me say it's not breaking break feel- the bank. Let me say that. But it was still, you know, we're not going to say no to anything. No, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Well, uh, it's good to have you back. Like I said, we missed you last week. Obviously, Sydney Lutwako filled in admirably, but it's just she you was know, awesome. not around. We we move around a little more aimlessly, a little less intentionally without you here. So. Uh, very, very grateful to have you back. I just try to keep oh, everybody and, on track, you know, specifically Easton, Easton, Becky and, and Mark. They slack off whenever I'm not here. So I'm back here. I like to, I like to point out Sydney, Sydney. So Sydney hosted last week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating, but she also hosted What a Girl Wants, um, which if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. It's fantastic. It out. Sydney's fantastic. She really is. She's the best. Has Ashley ever hosted a What a Girl Wants yet? Uh, did they, did her and Kaylin, no, her and Kaylin hosted an episode of Help I Suck at Dating, right? During the pandemic? Uh, Didn't they? Did they? Am I losing my mind right now? Did I dream this? Oh, yes, they did. They absolutely did. Yeah. I, uh, uh, nothing, my memory really has been so bad lately. Um, You gotta get like those apps that work on your brain memory, brain power. Well, so I think the reason my memory is getting so bad is because I'm on my phone so much. Mm-hmm. And so I just like immensely checked out for 23 and a half hours out of the day. And it just my my brain is melting. So I need to stay away from the apps and stay off my phone. I'm like trying to intentionally put my phone down more as of like today. But yeah, but if you're on cool. your phone, at least maybe you can have an app that helps with brain memory, brain recognition. I find myself uh smarter ever since i was i've been back in school because i've been reading more i mean i read a lot prior but now i'm learning more gaining more knowledge i might not sound smarter but i feel smarter and that's what what really matters i'm getting my history degree so i didn't didn't tell you that 
Uh, again, you might have told me it, but my memory is just, it's shot. I have early onset Alzheimer's, I think. Oh, that's not good. I would get that checked out. I don't remember you telling me that. Uh, I may or may not have. I don't know. Sometimes I play things close to the chest. It's also weird saying I'm back in school. You know, I'm 32. I'm a little insecure about it, but also it's never too late. And because of the pandemic, all the classes are virtual and I never finished school. I never got my bachelor's. And I only had five classes left because I was working in the restaurant industry. I started making good money and then I started working full time there. So I dropped out. And then, of course, I got on the bachelorette and then everything kind of changed since then. And so I always said I'd go back and finish. And then with the pandemic, classes are all virtual. So I literally have to get out of bed. You know, I don't even have to put pants on. I just put my ring light on and bada bing, bada boom. I'm in class. Um, So that's nice. And I, I didn't know that you never finished your bachelor's. I just, I always kind of figured that you did. You know, I come off quite intelligent, so I can, I, I, you know, it's not a wonder why you'd think I'd have my bachelor's, if not my master's. Um, but I don't have either. But I will be getting my bachelor's as long as I pass my classes uh, at the end of the summer. So I'm taking four classes right now, which I'm not going to lie, it's starting to catch up on me now because I have final projects due, I have final exams coming up. And I'm getting a little nervous because I forgot how much work you really have to do with with taking four classes because technically that's full time. So a little stressed about that, but that's quite all right. I'll get through it. And then I have to take one more class in the summer. Then I graduate. What's your uh, what's your goal or like reasoning for wanting to get your bachelor's? I feel like, you know, you're doing enough without a bachelor's degree. What's the point of going back and getting one? It's more I, I paid not a lot of money. So I went to Rhode Island College, which I I go to right now. And it's really not that much per semester. Um, But it's still money that I paid and I never got anything for it. I mean, I gained knowledge and I gained friends and experiences, but I really want, you know, that piece of paper saying I graduated with my degree because I only have an associate's right now. So I just wanted to go back, finish it, say I did it, get my degree in history. Plus, Dean, as you and I both know, who the hell knows how long this is going to last. So want to plan for the future, make sure I have a bachelor's degree, have a a backup plan, start thinking about what I want to do in five years, uh, if not shorter, depending on where this all goes. Hopefully, you know, hopefully in five years, you and I are, you know, uh, the top, you know, the highest rated podcast on iHeartRadio. But, you know, Mm -hmm. in case Help I Suck at Dating uh, doesn't last that long, which I I think it will. We're doing pretty well. Um, Then uh, who knows? Well, you know, the age old adage uh, that they always said, you know, growing up is uh, influencing won't last forever. And a bachelor's degree in history is the way to go. Yeah, I think Gandhi said that. Gandhi said that. Yes, that's right. A a bachelor's degree in history sets you up for great success. It was either Gandhi or Kim Kardashian. I can't remember one of the two (laughs) said that at one point in their lives. Well, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, let me know if you need any, uh, you know, any help. I'm happy to be like a study buddy with you. Oh, I appreciate that. I've already tried bribing Ashley to write a paper for me, but it's not really going that well. Sounds like college to me, oh. if, uh, if I've ever been there. But Jared, we got some big news in Bachelor this week. Uh, do you want to, I mean, fill people in? I'm sure they're already filled in to to a pretty big extent, but uh, if you want to you want to enlighten them even more well of course obviously everybody is talking about it big news within bachelor nation former bachelor uh colton underwood uh gave an interview on good morning america where he announced that he is gay um he says that he is ready to live his truth he came out and gay obviously uh on the interview uh that came out wednesday uh, he said, quote, I ran from myself for a long time. I've hated myself for a long time and I'm gay. And I came to terms with that earlier this year and I've been processing it. And the next step in all of this was sort of letting people know I'm still nervous. But yeah, it's been a journey for sure. Uh, I didn't know that the woman that he sat down with, Robin Roberts, is also gay, uh, which I hmm. did not know that. And and it kind of makes it a little bit more powerful to me. Um my first initial thoughts is, of course, I'm happy for Colton. Um, I watched a little bit of the interview. I didn't watch the whole thing. I've always liked Colton. Um, he's always been very nice to me. I think, listen, is Colton a perfect person? Obviously not. Uh, now, we know that Cassie uh, got a temporary restraining order against Colton. Um And two months after that, uh, I'm reading from People Magazine, uh, she did drop that restraining order against Colton. Uh, This was the quote. It said from Colton, Today, Cassie asked the court to dismiss the temporary restraining order against me. The two of us were able to reach a private agreement to address any of Cassie's concerns. 
I do not believe Cassie did anything wrong in filing for the restraining orders and also believe she acted in good faith. This is uh, from back in November, November of last year. So a couple months after she got the temporary restraining order uh, and then she did ended up dismissing it. Um, but I'm certainly happy for him um, that he's feeling more comfortable in his skin. I can't imagine how difficult it is. I know he's a football player. You know, he's he was seen as, you know, he's seen as kind of a sex symbol on The Bachelor. Um, it's, I'm, I'm sure it was kind of difficult. Uh, but I, I think those are really my overall thoughts. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that you can be happy for someone while also saying at the same time that, uh, it's not an excuse for past actions that they have. Uh, you know, the first and foremost thing in that situation, make sure Cassie felt okay and she seems to be doing all right. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, be happy that someone feels more comfortable in their own skin. What are your thoughts? Um, well, yeah, no, I appreciate that take on it. I I mean, it's no secret that I uh, am not the biggest Colton fan, mm -hmm. dating all the way back to that very nice interview I gave in Las Vegas with Lauren Zima about how his season was going to be a dumpster fire and I mean, to be Lone fair, his, his season was a little bit of a dumpster fire. It's not like you were way off. Right. Not way off. Um, yeah, and so never been the biggest fan of Colton. Uh, it, it just, I, whether he's straight or gay, in the closet, out of the closet, I still am not a fan of him uh, in any sense of the word. I think that people to, people showing him grace for this and like being happy for him it kind of makes me it, it, it frustrates me like listen at the end of the day none of this affects me so I don't have the strongest opinions of it like who cares what I say who cares what you say because at the end of the day it doesn't affect affect us right look I don't care if Colton is straight or gay or anywhere in between I just think the guy is a loser and I just don't get the best vibes from him I just don't like him and like you said Dean if if this helps one person out there who is who is having difficulty uh, coming out and be being truthful about their sexuality, then I, it probably is a good thing. I mean, you said that, and I think you stand by your words because I know, uh, you know, how you feel and who you are as a person. And I, same here. Uh, I, I think, you know, I think your opinion of Colton has nothing to do with his sexuality. Like you, you felt sure. like this for a very long time. Well, and so I always I always bring it back to the one moment that I, I experienced when I was on The Bachelorette. I've, I've shared this story before, but uh, I was about to open up about the passing of my mother, and I was hesitant and scared. I didn't want to talk about it. And one of the producers leaned in and said that if, uh, if I'm able to make one person anywhere feel better about their, you know, grieving their loss or whatever it is, then doing that will be worth it. And I, I can equate that to, you know, people sharing their stories of coming out, if, if Colton doing this on such a grand scale is going to make some, well, even just one person feel more comfortable to come out, then yes, of course, at the end of the day, that's worth it. Uh, I just don't like the way that he's going about it. Totally. And I don't, you know, fault you for your opinion. And I, I think for me, yeah, it's, uh, like we said all along, like I, uh, I'd like to think that I, I can have multiple thoughts on on a specific situation i'm very happy for colton coming out and being truthful for himself and speaking out that he's gay um because i don't think it was easy for him yeah why don't you like colton that's a good question i think colton is a fame whore phony narcissist but listen at the end of the day we all have shadows of that within ourselves i'm not saying that i'm not a narcissist or i don't dislike being in the spotlight. I just think he takes it to a level that is uh, shameful. So pretty much you're not going to watch, uh, you're not going to watch the Netflix series on him. Do you hear about that? Well, I've heard the rumors. Um, it's frustrating to me how this guy who has been sketchy and in my opinion is just a loser now gets rewarded with a rumored Netflix show on top of all of this national attention. It's just, it seems so fishy to me and I just don't like it. Yeah, no, I, well, I guess it's different. I'm trying to, th I'm trying to cor correlate it to Ashley and, and mine's engagement because obviously we went on national television, got engaged. So we wanted all eyes on our, us to a certain extent as well, but there was multiple factors to that. 
I don't know. It's a hard comparison. Uh, it's hard to articulate all my thoughts right now because it's all so fresh. Well, I, I want to interrupt you real quick because I understand what you're saying. Is because you're saying you and Ashley took to a national stage to make certain announcements, similar to what Colton did, but just in a different aspect. Totally. We started to take advantage of it as well. Now, granted, I don't think it's nearly as heavy as you know declaring your sexuality especially someone like colton like we talked about football background you know was the bachelor getting chased by all these women had a very public relationship and then comes out as gay that's much more heavy uh rightfully so obviously than something that ashley and i you know getting engaged and getting married because that's kind of like the way society has 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 taught us and, and colton is doing something you know that it hopefully everybody's okay with and should be okay with, you know, you shouldn't have any mm -hmm. hate in your heart for someone who chooses their sexuality. Um, or, and I'm not saying choosing, I, that's even a wrong phrase, you know, someone who is gay. It's not like they choose to like men or it's not like I sure. chose to like women. It's just like, I like women, just like Colton likes men. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I agree with you. I, I, it's definitely, you know, anybody who's watching, of course, it's, it's a little planned and contrived. So I guess everybody can have their own opinions about that. I mean, right. It, at the end of the day, all it is is an opinion. I just think he could have, you know, let's say he, neither of us will ever have the, the need to experience coming out. You know, that's obviously a big step in any uh, gay person's life. Mm -hmm. I just find it hard to believe that in the back of his head, the best way for him to come out was be like, let me go ahead and do a nationally televised, televised interview and announce to, you know, 300 million people that I'm gay when he could do the same thing on an Instagram post or I just, it just seems I so... feel like you have more of an issue if I had to guess, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it feels like you probably have more of an issue with the Netflix thing because so, hypothetically say Colton just came out on good morning America. And then that was it. And then he's now gay and he's open about it. And everybody can be happy for, for that aspect while also still holding him accountable. But that's the thing is I don't think people are holding him accountable. Even in our uh, episode notes here that we have, it says, let me go ahead and find the direct quote real quick. It says something like. "It's a, Yeah, the, are you talking about like Bachelor Nation saying that they're very proud of him? Not necessarily. No, there's something about him. Oh, it says here right here. Colton Underwood publicly apologizes to Cassie Randolph after coming out as gay. In quotes, I made a lot of bad choices. Full U.S. Weekly article here. So maybe that's my biggest frustration with it is he's not actually like being specific about what he's holding himself accountable for. Got it. So you want more specificity in saying this is what I'm sorry about. This is what I apologize for instead of just saying, hey, I'm sorry for things that happened. Yeah. OK. I mean, I'm not saying that's unfair. Um, I don't know. It's just it, we live in such a sensitive time right now, and it's so difficult to know what's right and what's wrong, because Again, you know, I, I, like you and I said, I don't know what it's like to come out of the closet, but I can't imagine it's easy. You know, I have a lot of friends who are gay and, and it was difficult for them. One of my closest friends, uh, he came out in high school and he had a difficult time telling his father about it. Cause his father was, you know, it was just his dad's, I don't want to say old school, but he was just, especially back in, in the two thousands, like he just wasn't really, he didn't know how to handle it. So, um, it, uh, my point being like to do it, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy that he was able to say it, but uh, I can still have concerns about previous allegations. I, I did want to point out too the one uh, caveat to my argument against Colton and what he, how he chose to announce this. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to say that if at the end of the day it convinces one person who is like scared or uncomfortable to share that about themselves with anyone within their family or their friends or whatever. If at the end of the day, Colton's interview on good morning America changes that person's opinion of being fearful of coming out and like encourages them to actually go out and do it, then yes, of course it's worth it. And that's kind of why I'm like, I have this weird confliction in my head where it's like, I'm so frustrated that good morning America gave this loser a platform to announce this. But at the end of the day, like it, it could serve to be beneficial for people that are closeted and concerned and scared and uh, hesitant to. So it's like I see both sides of it. Uh, and I, I appreciate the fact that we that there are conversations being had more so about this, more mainstream. But again, I just wish that there were better examples of people that would be, uh, you know, making the same statements like there are way better coming out stories than Colton's and with people that aren't as, you know, aren't alleged stalkers or just generally bad people, in my opinion. That's my take on it. 
Before we go to break, I just do want to clarify that the restraining order that Cassie had against Colton was a temporary restraining order that she has since dropped. Um, I want to make sure I got that correctly. Cassie has uh, dropped the temporary restraining order against Colton um, that she did file. We also can't say that uh, that Colton definitely stalked Cassie. We don't know that to be a fact. Those are all allegations that, like Jared just said, Cassie dropped those before fully pressing the charges. And Dean, this is just your opinion. You know, everything you talked about passionately uh, and me, what you know, what I talked about, both of them uh, is us just, you know, trying to lay out the facts for you and then giving our opinions on, on, on uh, what has transpired. Right. We have our opinions of him and this situation and we have everyone has their opinions and that's all these are are our opinions that's why we are fortunate enough to have this podcast is because sometimes um people want to listen to our opinions and that's just what they are like the netflix show the netflix show is unconfirmed right now it has not been announced by netflix there is a, a rumor out there that has been reported i saw cnn report it uh and a couple other other news outlets report that he is filming uh, a Netflix show that is um, rumored to start uh, uh, to star Colton Underwood. We don't know what it's about. We don't know if it's actually happening. Like I said, we hasn't been officially announced uh, for Netflix. Um, but there's, you know, to your point, Dean, uh, about some backlash facing Colton. There's a, a petition out there. I'm sure you you've seen that uh, that I think twenty thousand people have signed to this mm-hmm. point, uh, saying that Netflix should not have this show. Uh, with Colton Underwood. Yeah, I'll sign that petition. I haven't yet, but I'll I'll do it. Jared, will you sign the petition? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that opinion to myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't pay you to keep your opinions to yourself, man. We pay you to keep your to share your opinions. Well then I need a raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So... I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter.
Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the Adoption Drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin. I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. I don't even know where we go with the conversation after that first segment. Dean Ungler just bringing the heat on this week's podcast, I'll tell you. Uh, we do have an article from Men's Health, my favorite publication. Uh, it's from the CEO of Hinge, Justin McLeod, McCloyd. Hinge CEO answers 20 questions about exactly what to put on your dating profile. Uh, Dean, were you ever on uh, online dating? Is he frozen? Oh, that's good. Well, I'll answer my own question. I've been on dating profiles. I've been on Hinge. I've been on Plenty of Fish. What else have I? Or no, I, I, I don't. Yes, I've been on Hinge, Plenty of Fish, Match. I don't know if anybody out there was on Match.com. I went on one date for Match.com. Wasn't a good experience. That's sad to say, but it was true. I got, I forget the name of the dating term. We probably cover this on the podcast, but long story short, I went out with this woman. She looked one way in her profile and she looked another way in person. As, as much as that breaks my heart to say, it was just true and it was sad. And then I never went on another date on Match.com. But that was like old school. This was like 10, 11 years ago where I had, you know, there was no apps on phones that I could go on. I had to go on my computer and go on a website and create a profile. I didn't have to download an app. That's how old I am right now. Uh, what else have I been on? I was on Raya for a little while. That actually was really cool. That made me feel really cool because Raya, if you guys don't know, it's like a dating app for quote unquote celebrities. And it's this, it's pretty stupid, really, because it's definitely... <laughs> it's like the LA of dating apps. You know, it's it's trendy, it's it's fun to look at, it's artistically cool, but you're definitely not meeting anybody who wants to be in a relationship from Raya. I feel like like everybody calls Tinder the hookup dating app. I feel like Raya is the hookup dating app. But you also could get really cool connections on there. So there's that. Um Hinge pro Hinge might have been my favorite. Easton, you got news for me over here? No, I just wanted, you said Raya was the hookup app? I feel like it is. Do you know Isn't it? it? That's for like, well, no, it's for, it's for like rich, or not rich people, but like famous people, right? Yeah. Isn't that the whole vibe? Yeah, it's a celebrity dating app, but that's why I think I, I called it the LA of dating apps. Because you know how we talked about the dating scene in LA? It's sparkly, it's fun to look at, there's so many pretty people, but you're not finding any type of long-term commitment by going on dates in Los Angeles. The You know, I'm speaking... <laughs> And the majority here, but I feel like Raya is the same thing. Like it's fun to look at. You're like mini. If you have to get approved to get on the app, so you have to have like mm -hmm. some sort of celebrity status. Most of the time, it's like social media following, and it's all just like pretty to look at. And there's you know pretty people on there, and they're mostly from L.A. or New York. But you're not gonna. I like I've never heard a story where I'm like, oh, how did you guys meet, Raya? Never heard that. I've heard Hinge. I've heard Plenty of Fish. I've heard. Even Tinder, uh, I've heard Bumble, all of these dating apps. I've heard people tell me that they met from the app. I've never heard one couple say, yeah, no, we met on Raya and now we're married with three kids. It's interesting. There's not many Raya success stories. Uh, you know, something really quick I love about Raya, you you can, you put a song, you pick like your song, right? And I, I learned that you can put a podcast in there. <laughs> So like, nice. when someone goes to your profile, they can just hear like Mark Marin start talking. Great. And uh, that, that, that I think is very fun. I wish I, I could go on Raya right now. Just so when people go on my pro profile, the first thing they hear is Mark's voice. 
Help I suck at dating an iHeartRadio podcast. It's a surefire way to match. Welcome back, Dean. Yeah, welcome hey, back. Hey guys, sorry, I don't know what happened. I think uh your your Wi-Fi was like, Dean, don't talk anymore. We're shutting you down. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Uh question, what would your song be, Jared, if you were have to have a Raya account now? Right now? Oof. See, the thing about Raya, like I was saying, it's like you can't have a lame song on there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I would love to have like the Avengers theme, but people would just immediately swap swipe by my profile. I'd probably have but the people that you don't want to date would swipe by, but the one true love would swipe <laughs> left. I don't know, because then I think about Ashley and if Ashley saw my profile with an Avengers theme on there, she might be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'd probably go with, uh, you know, 3 a.m. by uh, Matchbox 20. Always a classic. Always a good pick. Can't go wrong with that. Am I right? Easton's laughing. You know it to be true. I was waiting for Rob Thomas or Matchbox. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Come on, guys. What about you, Dean? Uh, well, I had Araya for a hot second. I had uh, Brandy Carlisle. Keep your heart young. I don't know that one. That's uh it's a, I mean, it's just like a folk song. It's like my favorite song of all time. And it fits, what, what type it of music fits, do you like? Like folk music, like stomp and shout type crap with like a freaking fiddle and the, like a banjo. And every any time a harmonica comes on a song, I lose my crap and I go crazy. <laughs> and I instantly favorite it and put it in my playlist. Something that would be played at a jubilee, things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what are your thoughts on right, Mumford and right. Sons? Is that considered or is that like yeah, too mainstream for you? For sure. They're definitely a little too mainstream, but they've got, I mean, they've got some bangers. Don't get me wrong. And I've seen, I think I was with you maybe when you saw them live in Vegas and they're fantastic. They did like a cover of a good. Rage Against the Machine song and I lost my, my face was melting the entire time they were playing it. Um, so Mumford's good, but yeah, they're a little too mainstream. I miss concerts. Those are good times. Well, uh, well like we said, uh, the Hinge CEO, Justin McLeod, answers 20 questions about exactly what you should put on your dating profile. So number one, uh, the question is, uh, it used to be all that my single friends were on Bumble or Tinder. Then a few years ago, everyone was subtly using Hinge as their default dating app. How did you do that? And he said, uh, we call ourselves the dating app designed to be deleted. And that's because we really focus on effectiveness. Well, he just talks about his app here. We don't want to talk about that. They're not paying can us. I, can I say something before we say, why do we care about the CEO? He's the CEO, right? Well, he created a dating app. I would hope that he knows a little bit about dating. If you're the CEO of Hinge, shouldn't you know a little bit about the dating, dating landscape today? I would say he doesn't know any more than we do. All right, well, let's read a couple of his answers and then we'll decide. So one of the questions okay. was, what do you say to couples who, were, who are still embarrassed to say they met on a dating app, which still very much exists? In our branding and marketing that we do, oh, God, this freaking guy, speak from the heart, man. We want people to be very proud of the fact that they met on our dating app. We want it to be the way that you want to say that you met on Hinge because it's for people who are being thoughtful and making great decisions. And I do think that this, that just given that the majority of people use dating apps today and the majority of relationships that start from the dating apps and online dating at this point, I really think that people who are embarrassed are becoming fewer and farther between. There's really no reason to be embarrassed about meeting on a dating app anymore, which I agree. Dean, you might be right. Maybe this guy sucks. That was the most generic answer of all time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is a good uh, question, I mean, though. Uh, all right, okay. go give your thoughts about that and then I'll do the next one. I was just going to say, yeah, there's no need to be embarrassed, but I would I would just recommend just do what works for you. Like if you guys don't want to talk about it and like make up a fun funny story that you can both like laugh about later on. Um I I mean, I know people that have lied about how they met. It's not the, it's obviously not that big of a deal. And like your close friends know. Uh I mean, I always think it's funny whenever anyone asks how Kaylin and I met and our answer has to be like, well, it varies. I know we've talked about this on the podcast before. Sometimes I'll say that she slid into my DMs, which is true. Sometimes I'll say that we met on a TV show, which is actually kind of true as well. So I I think you just have to either like be brutally honest or make up a funny story. And that's how you tell people. Wait, why is that kind of true and not the full truth? Did you meet? Oh, you you met Kaylin very briefly before the show, right? Yeah. And and I mean, she did slide into my DMs like, like a year before we met on the TV show. But if you consider that meeting someone, not necessarily like it's true because she did slide into my DMs, but it's also less true than we met on television because we never like followed through to actually meet in person you know fair point all right next question was what's your best piece of advice for sending a first message to a match this is a question that we get all the time i don't know if we've ever answered it that well so let's see what this guy says 
This really gets to the core of what makes Hinge different. God, this freaking guy. Is that you don't just like someone and match, you actually begin a conversation with them by liking one of their photos or prompts and, ideal at, and ideally adding a comment as well. And so I think there is no perfect generic opener or else everybody would use it. It would no longer be a good opener. What's truly a good opener is to say something that's contextual and specific about what you notice about the person that you're interested in. I actually think that's a good piece of advice, something we talked about. Like the best way, you shouldn't just slide into someone's DMs, even though it worked for Caitlin. I'm going to say what you should do is respond to someone's story. Or if you are going to slide into someone's DM, like this guy said, do something that's contextual. Say something specific about their profile. Say, hey, I, or, you know, I don't know if you, if they like, if I saw someone that liked Superman, you know, that was a girl, I'd be like, hey, you know, what did you think about Superman Returns? I don't know what I'd say, but it would be something about that, right? Take the Nick Vile approach. He goes super deep. And, well, I mean, obviously he doesn't anymore because he's happily in a relationship with his girlfriend. But he would always he would tell me like, yeah, if you find a girl uh, uh, interesting on Instagram, what was I trying to say? Something about Nick Vial. He's got a method about sliding in DMs that I, I was <laughs> no, not aware there was, of. There's a there's a very specific word I can't remember right now. He's like, yeah, if you're interested in sliding into girls' DMs on Instagram, scroll back like a good couple months to their on their post and like send them a picture of maybe like they post a picture of their dog, send them that picture of their dog and be like, Hey, cute dog. Blah, blah, I don't, something, something silly like that. But like, contextual, like you said, go back and kind of like speak intentionally and like have a reason to reach out rather than just, Hey, I'd like to bring up, we talked about this like years ago on this podcast, but I want to bring it to the surface again. Here's, here's the method. You go all the way back to their very first picture and then you like it and then you send it to them and say, what a great way to start. <laughs> that's what you do i do i remember that conversation that's i mean that's a good it's a good one i'm telling you it works no don't do that <laughs> yes so? do it <laughs> i'm wondering do you think it would work on like even like instagram influencers like let's say you have you you know you're some joe schmo and you're following this girl with like a million and a half followers do you think that would still work yeah i think <laughs> I it mean, would stand out at least it would stand out to be different, but also it, you could be labeled as creepy. And my theory is once you're labeled as creepy, there's no going back. It's over. You can't come back from being yeah. labeled. After you're labeled creepy, it's over. You're never going to be with that girl. Just move on. Wow. Don't you know? Am I alone on this? I'm a, I'm a creep, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's me. I'm a creep for life. No, then. no, no. I mean. Well, I would like to say something, though. Easton, at least you're not allegedly stalking and terrorizing uh, any of your exes. So there we go. You're not as creepy. It, it could be a lot worse for you. Trust me. It's true. It could always get worse. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, if anybody's listening out there right now, I would love nothing more if you want to slide into a girl's DMs or you've, if you've been thinking about doing it, do the Easton move. Go back to her first picture on Instagram. And then what are they going to say? You like it, and then you send it to them. Like, you share the post to them in a DM, and you say, what a great way to start. Yeah, somebody out there, if you want to slide in somebody's DMs, try that, and then email us over the next couple weeks, see if they respond, and let us know how it went. It might work, actually. I guess it could work. What if, uh, what if like, let's say I want to be friends with, like, Ryan Reynolds or something. Do you think I could use that same approach on Ryan Reynolds' Instagram page? I think you need different approaches for different people. For example, if you are sliding into a DM with someone who has millions of followers, yeah, do the Easton move, right? Do something that's going to stand out. But if you're sliding into someone's DMs that you work with, that you're trying to get the attention of, I don't know if that's the best course. What do you guys think? Well, well, if you work with them, then you probably already have an inside line to talk to them anyways, right? Like, why would you need to DM them to talk to them when you work with them? Have you met the people that live in this world? People don't want to talk face-to-face -face anymore. I guarantee you, if we had a poll of women, pre-pandemic, obviously, because no one goes out anymore, but a poll of women who said, I get more guys DMing me after we leave the bar saying they saw me there and want to meet up than I do guys actually coming up to me in the bar. I don't what are you basing this off of? Literally no evidence at all. My gut. How could how could you leave a bar and then people reach out to you on Instagram if they don't even know who you are, though? Because you find out, like, oh, who's that? Oh, her name is so-and-so. And it's so, dude, my friend that signed me up from the show is, like, the ultimate 
social media stalker. Like she finds anybody on there. It's actually kind of crazy. She should really work hmm. for the FBI because she would find anybody like that in a heartbeat. So I'm not joking. Yeah, like I, I remember, mean... I remember girls like she like I'd be like, oh, that girl's cute. And then I wouldn't go up to her or something. And then somehow she'd find her. I wouldn't DM these girls, but she would find them on social media. Sometimes I'd like, you know, start following or like friend them on Facebook or some stuff like that. No, actually, I wouldn't, though, because it's also it's different friending someone on Facebook than it is following on Instagram. Do you guys agree or disagree? I don't think I've been on Facebook in uh, probably a good three or four years. All right. Three or four years ago. (laughs) Like, think back, think back upon your Facebook days when you used it all the time. Don't you think that there's yeah. so much more of a, an emotional impact when you friend request somebody than it is when you simply follow someone on Twitter or Instagram? I think the reason is because friend requests have to be, uh, it's like a mutual thing. Like you have to request them, they have to accept it. Instagram, yeah, you could have a private page, I guess, but then they're not automatically following you back. So it's kind of like bigger, bigger implications with the, with the Facebook friend request. It does feel more intimate, Facebook. I think request. maybe it's just being in the name, like it's friend. Like now we're friends on Facebook. Instead of following, it's like, oh, I'm just following your life. Don't mind me. I'm just a casual viewer. Instead of like allegedly putting a tracking device on a car and following someone oh, around, this- you're like following them on Instagram. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break after that one. When we come back, we got emails and we have a dating term, which we haven't talked about in a while, but we have one coming up for you right after this break. <laughs> At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin. I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. 
I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Uh, we have two of your wonderful emails, and we'll end the podcast with a dating term uh, that I have for everyone. But Mark, if you'd be so kind, singing you have uh, just such a beautiful voice, if you want to mind reading these emails, that'd be great. Mark is not uh, here. Oh, I'll right go now his his daughter left his daughter left her Chromebook somewhere, and he had to go retrieve it for her. Oh so, um, no! If if uh, if you guys will have it, I can read the emails. I, I know how to read, and. Uh, I have them right in front of me. So let, let's do this. Um, this is from Lily. What was the, your first fight you had with your significant other? And what was your most recent fight? Do you agree that your significant other should be the best sex of your life? Oh Those my. are all in the same email. God, wow. Lily. Yeah. I uh, don't want to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'll start. I'll start just chipping away at this here. So, what was your first fight you had with your significant other? What was mine and Kaylin's very first fight? I remember we were in uh, Spain, San Sebastian, and she, like, uh, she wasn't feeling well or something, but she was, like, we had just started dating, and I don't think she was, like, ready to communicate that she was, like, feeling a little, she had, like, a stomach bug or something like that, because uh, she, like, wanted to, like, you know, be positive all the time. Uh, and so she was like kind of cranky and we went to like this super, super nice restaurant. Everything was like $300. And I was like, why are we here? And we kept ordering food and she didn't eat any of it. And I was like, why are we ordering all this expensive food if you're not going to eat any of it? Uh, and that was like our first fight, I think. Uh, maybe, not, we, maybe not a fight, but that was like our first, uh, we were like pretty annoyed with each other for at least a good uh, couple hours after that. I know. I feel bad even answering this this first part of the question because the first fight, like, you know, it's going to be over the stupidest stuff. It's not going to be dramatic. It's not going to be anything serious. Honestly, I think the first fight that Ash and I had when we were together was about Bachelor in Paradise 3, uh, which is where, you know, obviously it was a very tumultuous time in our, our, our friendship. Uh, and for some reason, it came up in conversation after a few months of dating and she just immediately became really annoyed. And she said, I know it's in the past, but I'm really frustrated about this. And I said, okay, I totally get it. And so she vented for a while. So it really wasn't a fight because it was just more of her like being upset at me. Uh, but that was probably our first fight. And honestly, since then. I don't How about your most recent fight? Most recent fight? I honestly don't know. I'm trying to think of a really heavy we don't i don't know do you fight with kaylin uh we get like annoyed with each other sometimes yeah we get annoyed but there's never a time i can't remember one time where we've raised our voices at each other knock on wood you know uh, oh yeah we never yell at each other but we i like i do the opposite like i get quiet i think the most recent f like fight if you will that we had was uh i was on the phone with my friends with alex actually and she like was really hungry and she gets uh, hypoglycemic. So she gets like really cranky when she gets hungry. I, like, I don't know if she's she gets angry. Of me telling the story. She gets so hangry. Like, like on, like, I don't understand how she, it, she, it's like a switch immediately. If she gets angry, she just becomes really mean and angry. Well, we were, we were going to go to dinner and uh, I was on the phone with Alex FaceTiming him. And she was like, she was like, get off the phone, get off the phone. Let's go to dinner. Let's go to dinner. And I was like, I'm on the phone with my friend. Let me like talk to him. I'll get off the phone when I'm off the phone. And then like, I was kind of like um, frustrated for the rest of the night. I was like, you pushed me off the phone with my friend. And then we go to dinner and she had like three bites of her meal. And she was like, okay, I'm good now. I was like, so you really weren't that hungry. It, uh, yeah. That lasted probably a good day of, of us like kind of like giving each other some space. Uh, just FYI, so Easton uh, just DM'd me with my first Instagram picture ever with the with the uh, comment, what a great way to start. Easton, I got to admit, it kind of worked. Uh, and you're interested, right? I'm interested. You've We're piqued, talking about it. You've piqued my yep. interest. And now you have my attention. <laughs> it's effective. That's Aww, all I can say. It's with Clark. Clark. Well, it was a cute picture, Jared, and it took a long time to get there. Um, it. But 
Do you guys agree that your significant other should be the best sex of your life? I'm very interested in your answers. Why don't you go first, no. Easton? Yeah, why don't you go first? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that it has to be that way. Um, in in my in my case, it is true. Nice, nice. Uh, but I don't think that it has to be. Like, I, I I would be shocked if if I was the best sex of my wife's life. I would be absolutely <laughs> and disappointed in myself. Uh, to be fair, like I can say, I I like to think that I'm I've been the best sex of Ashley's life. But you know, that's just by numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just probably you're also the you're also the worst, I guess, if you look at it that yeah, way. Fair point, right? Um, but I, I agree with you, Houston. I don't think it has to be the best sex of your life. Um, but you know, luckily for me, just like you, Easton, it is the best sex of my life. Um, so uh very lucky in that department. So you guys didn't you guys kind of both copped out of that that answer oh, there. Well, let's see what you have to say there, Dini Babies. I say it's it doesn't necessarily have to be the best of your life. It could just be good. And as long as you're happy with it, that's all that matters. That's what we said, too, except we gave an answer saying that our significant others is the best sex we've ever had. So would you like to answer that question, I mean, listen, I probably, one night I probably did a whole lot of ecstasy, (laughs) went to a concert, and and probably did something that night. And that probably was, in that moment, the best of my life. But it's it's unreplicatable. So unreplicable. So I think as long as it's good, as long as you're happy with it, that's the most important thing. All right, let's move on to anonymous before we get in trouble. All right, this <laughs> this this one's from anonymous. This is a and this is a major uh, shift in gears uh, in in tone. So um, I want to take this very seriously. This is for Dean. Uh, a few years ago, my boyfriend died in a car accident, and I know him dying and your mother passing from being sick. So sorry for your loss. Are two completely different tragedies. Uh, in my current life, I find myself dating and having a fear that someone I fall for may not make it home safely. I tend to push people away because of it, and I'm just wondering how you were able to move on from that trauma in your life. And if you have a terrible fear of someone close to you uh, being in a similar situation and having to relive that pain. Oh, that's a good question. Wow. Well, I. It's funny actually because. Uh, so I'm on Reddit a lot, uh, and there was this Reddit post that was like, what was your first, the first memory you have of your most traumatic experience? And I like wrote out my first traumatic experience that I ever had of, uh, when my best friend got hit by a truck when we were like six years old. And then I started thinking about it a little more and I was like, okay, like that kind of prepared me for my mom dying. And then my mom dying kind of prepared me for my other best friend dying. So definitely like just eventually you become numb and stop feeling that stuff. That's actually not entirely true. You obviously feel everything uh, equally, but it just like becomes easier to cope with, I guess. So, well, before my mom passed away, uh, I think because I had already dealt with death from my friend before that, I like had like 90 voicemails saved on my cell phone because every time my mom left a voicemail, I would save it. I'd be like, I'm going to have this voicemail forever Um, because I could always like refer back to it and like hear her voice comforting, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then eventually I got to like, you know, 13, 14 15 years old and I was like you know what I don't need to save these voicemails anymore I I think I'm ready to like be comfortable with the fact that uh, she's not going anywhere and then sure enough she dies like a year later and I didn't have any of the voicemails anymore which is just pretty unfortunate timing Uh, and then it's actually kind of funny side tangent uh, my aunt got me a -A Build-A-Bear with a note with like you know you can like press a little button it says the it says the voice that you, whatever you put in it and it was my mom's old voicemail machine that you would get when you called her phone number which is now my phone number funny enough and I've still had it for the past 15 years so I'm getting off track here so how do you handle uh the concern that your loved one might perish unexpectedly is I think you just kind of have to understand that that's just life at the end of the day it's like you could die unexpectedly too anything could happen at any given moment and like the the uncertainty, I guess, of that at any moment is kind of like, you just need to like understand that it's going to, it's something could happen at any moment, but hopefully it doesn't. Um, I don't know. This is such a bad answer. I I guess I'm just trying to say like, I understand where you're coming from because I've had the same experience. I felt the same way. Uh, Eventually, I think you just kind of are like, okay, well, there's no point in clinging on to the possibility of something bad happening because it kind of like takes you out of the current moment. So just like be happy. Um, don't expect bad things if they do happen. Obviously, handle it separately, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I'll add in because my mom passed away as well. And I totally empathize with Anonymous because 
I struggle that with too. Like with Demario, I'm like, please text me when you get home safe. Like, cause my mind will just start to unravel. And I think like the only advice, cause I'm still working through it is like, be super present because yeah, Dean's right. Like it's going to happen eventually. And like, once you come to like terms with that, it's easier to just be present with like, okay, it's going to happen. But like I have right now, So let's be like, you know, he's going to be okay. Like retraining your thoughts, like he or she is going to be okay. They're going to get home safe. Um, and like, just enjoy the, the moments that you have with them, um, and be present in that. Um, cause if you think of like the, the end or the expiration date or whatever you want to call it, it's like, it takes you out of like those like really enjoyable moments when you're just like living in fear all the time. Hopefully that helps. Right. And things are going to be like, okay, too. It's just, it's so funny to think that everything that happens is going to be bad. Like, that's not a good way to think about it. You know, like you've driven a car a million times, so they're probably going to get home. Okay. And it's just like the fact that you were even going to like, let your brain be overcome by negative thoughts about, oh, they might've gotten in a, in a wreck or an accident or something like that. Then that's just, it's just no way of living life in my opinion. Yeah. I, I haven't lost, you know, I've lost loved ones, but I haven't lost a a parent or a sibling or a best friend, knock on wood. So I can't imagine the tragedies that you guys have gone through. But coming from an outside perspective, someone that does think about uh, dying a lot, uh, I try to control that anxiety by centering myself and bringing myself back into the present and thinking, don't worry. First of all, don't worry about things that you can't control. And two, Stop concerning yourself about dying. Concern, you know, concern yourself with living. Uh, because I, you know, so many times I feel like it, if we take life in small samples, like there's so many moments in my life where I look back and think, man, why was I not more present in that moment? Why was I so concerned about the future? You know, we're always so concerned about the future and we never really appreciate what's right in front of us. And that's a human emotion. You know, everybody kind of feels that way. So I would say that really try to focus yourself on, on, um, on, on living. Because uh, unfortunately, uh, death is a part of living, and it's something that we can't control, and it's scary, and it's something I'm terrified of. I'm terrified about losing my parents, and you know, obviously, Dean, you lost your, your mother, and it's horrible, and Becky, and, and anonymous, and it's just really difficult, and I can't imagine the pain that you guys have gone through, and it's something that like I'm terrified to feel. Um, but also, there's just nothing I can do about it. The only thing I can do about it is try to take advantage of every moment that I have on this earth right now with the people that I love. I think you you put into words what I tried saying, but I failed miserably at it, is don't worry about stuff that you can't control. Like, if you're worried about your friend getting in a car crash on the way home, like, that literally is the thing that's most out of your control. So it's like there's no point in wasting worry over And go it. after the things that you love, you know, because that's another thing that you're always going to regret. There's a great quote that we talked about before that Jim Carrey said one time where he said, you can fail at what you don't want to do. So you might as well go after what you love. And I've, I, I, I think that's such an incredible... Uh, way of thinking and then furthermore i was listening to a kevin smith interview if you guys don't know who kevin smith is he's a great director he's he's like the geek who made it uh and he's directed clerks and all these different movies and he said after he had his heart attack he stopped wishing for things and he started asking for things and that's something i think about a lot as well um so i think for anonymous just you know try to do the best you can with focusing on what you can control focus on living uh because one day just like all of us, we won't be living. And, um, you know, that's obviously scary. But thank you so much for your emails, uh, Anonymous. And Lily, we really appreciate it. We hope you're able to answer it. Um, And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. We do have a dating term that I do want to ask you guys. I'm going to get one here. I I got two of them. All right, perfect. Let me give two. I'm going to go. The student has now become the master. Okay, so... Uh, I'm going to do my best Jared Haben impression. All right, everyone. I got a, a new dating term for us this week. I hope we're ready. We're going to try and figure out exactly what it means. So this week's dating term is Elsud. Elsud, huh? All right. I like being on this side of the guessing. Uh, Elsud. Well, I'm thinking of Elsa from Frozen, if I know that name properly. So I'm assuming it has something to do with that. Now, I've never seen the movie Frozen. So I'm going to have to guess the plot. Trust me, I know. I I never caved. I didn't want to see it. I haven't seen it. I haven't succumbed to the pressure. And now I think I'm just going to hold out for the rest of my life and never see Frozen. I also heard the sequel sucked. Well, Uh, it's your loss because it's actually a pretty good movie series. All right, so so if I remember 
correctly from the trailers, Frozen Elsa is some sort of princess. I think she's, I think she's frozen, right? That's the premise of the movie. She got frozen. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So I'm going to say that Elsa is you, you free someone. You put the, the relationship on pause. It's going good. Okay. You've been on a couple dates. You think you've scored the princess. You're going to have the happily ever after. And then, boom, out of nowhere, they freeze you. 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 It's not that they're not responding, but they're just like hitting the pause button on the relationship. They need to rethink things. You have no idea why. They're not giving you reasons. They're just saying, hey, I need some time. And that's what I think Elsa is. Okay. Anyone else? <sighs> I mean, I think it's when you're dating somebody and then without warning, they go build a castle in the forest that yeah. they made themselves and you have no Good. way of contacting them. Good. So it's like getting ghosted, but more exciting. <laughs> yeah, but more Becky, with a Disney guesses? flair on it. Yeah, better songs. Um, I'm going to go with the song they sing, Let It Go. Mm-hmm. Um, Let It Go. Let it go. Do I want to take the PG or the radar route? Let's go PG-13, um, right in the middle. Okay. I think it's when, like, you let out um, something, like, do something embarrassing. Like a fart? That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, like fart. Like, you let it go in front, and you didn't mean to. Is this so supposed you, like, to your person. Is this what makes it PG-13, a fart? Becky, you're so innocent. Uh, yeah, that's what makes it, because the, the, the rated R was when, like, you just, like, let it go too soon. And You're right, right. Oh. I like that. I like that rated R version. Okay. Like a little premature, like a little... Uh... Like a little, oops. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'll tell you, it's not right, but uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate the creativity with that one. Easton actually nailed it right on the head. It's what? just a fancy term for someone who was ghosted. I said that. What? Well, well, no, that's what Easton said. You said you were getting frozen. Easton was talking about someone building a castle. I want to hear that in the definition. Uh, a figurative castle being built. It was figurative. It's all. It's all figure speech. It's a all right, one more. Man. Oh, one yeah. more. Kind of in line with the Elsa thing. This one is Kanye. Oh, we've we've done this one before, but I don't oh, remember. Oh darn it. it! Hold on, Kanye. Are you is, sure? I don't. Oh, I know what it is. I don't remember Kanye. I think Kanye is. I think it has something to do with interrupting because that's what Kanye is known for, right? He he interrupted Taylor Swift's speech at. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish, but that's not. We haven't yeah. done this one yet. I'm gonna let you finish, but Easton had the best answer of all time. Um. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Listen, we all know that Kanye interrupted Taylor because he said Beyonce had the best music video of all time. So what I think it is, is that it's. It's someone you're dating and then they're talking about how good things are going and then like you're talking about how how good things are going and then they interrupt you and they're like, I'm going to let you finish. But I had the best relationship I ever had a year ago and then that's it. And then you guys break up and that's Kanye. I want to paint a picture for everyone real quick. Jared's been sitting back this whole podcast, but when he gets into describing Kanye, he like leans in, like it's all super. He's like in the mic, in the camera. Because I had it in my head, but I'm not articulating my thoughts right. You know, it's like someone who interrupts you halfway while you're about to say like "I love you." You have the "I" and you have the "lo" out of your mouth, and then they're like, "Hold on, I'm gonna let you finish in one minute," but I just want to let you know, I had the best relationship with the previous girlfriend, (laughs) and we're never gonna get married. All right, Easton, Becky, what do you think? Well, I think it's it's when you're in a relationship with somebody and things are going well and there's a lot of passion there and, and it's really exciting. And then all of a sudden they start tweeting some wild, insane <laughs> stuff and then they run for president. That's what I think happens. Uh, okay, so you, the, you, went, you went the very specific route both times, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, these are these are terms for a reason. It's for specificity. Becky? I'm going to play off of like Jared a little bit where it's kind of like they compare you to a previous like person that you were with. Like they're like, yeah, you do this great. But like my ex did this better. Like and just like I'll let you finish. But yeah. Well, well, for the first time in dating term history, I don't think anyone got it right. So being Kanye 
is when you're on a date with someone that has the narcissistic capacity of Kanye and they make you believe they're a demigod while on the date with you. So all they do is talk about themselves the whole time. That one felt too obvious and we all yeah. missed it. Wow, we all, yeah. Well, big swing and misses on that one. Whoops. I do like you guys switching the roles though. Like I liked um, Jared guessing on this one because he was really into it. Yeah, yeah I had a fun. role reversal. Yeah, I'm always down for a little role reversal. You know, just ask Ash. I'm kidding. That was too much information. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to do it on that note for hey, this week's episode of Help here. I Suck now. at Dating. Wow. Help I Suck at Role Reversals. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Big thank you to our emailers. Big thank you to Jared, Becky, and Easton, of course. Um, be sure to keep emailing us. Anonymous and Lily, you guys did so good. Thank you so much for the questions. I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Email us. Uh, if you want to do the the Instagram thing of scrolling down to the first post, sending it to them and saying, wow, what a great way to start, and you flop miserably, or you have a great success and you go on a first date, let us know, because that's fantastic. And I'm actually going to try it with Ryan Reynolds right now, despite uh, Jared telling me not to. So I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. That is where you can email us all of your stories. Please, please, please send them in. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. Jared, good to have you back. Great to be here. Hopefully you're here next week because we're all going to suck just a little bit less. Follow Help I Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.